Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. 1 Kings 21 verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, next to the palace of the king Ahab of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near next to my house, and for it, for it I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. Listen to this. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him, for he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed, turned away his face, and would eat no food. Sounds like a typical two-year-old, doesn't it? <laughs> wow. I want to start off by making a statement today. You ain't getting my, my garden. You ain't getting my garden. Now, people would say this is a very controversial word, ain't. Is that even in the dictionary? Do you have a lack of education, Pastor James, as to why you would use the word ain't? It's actually in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and it means am not or are not, or if you're Māori, is not. You is not getting my garden, bro. <laughs> I'm not using it because of a lack of education. I'm using it this morning as a point of passion for your life today, as a point of affirmation, as a point of directorship over your life Devil, you ain't getting my garden today in the name of Jesus. You see, King Ahab was married to a very, very vicious wife. Poor him. Her name was Jezebel, and she was a piece of work. And we're not going to go into the, the rest of the story uh, that carries on from here because I want to stand on this stance that Naboth gives. You see, this wasn't just an ordinary bloke trying to do a real estate deal. This was the king. And this king could be very intimidating. And this citizen of the country who had had this vineyard passed from his grandfather to his father and down to him has been asked to do a deal. And he said, over my dead body, basically, you're not getting my garden. You're not getting my vineyard because this is my inheritance. And I want to declare to you today that the Scripture says that in Christ Jesus, you have obtained an inheritance today. Look at this in Ephesians 1.11. In Him, that's Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. And this wasn't just any old inheritance. This inheritance that you have received was very costly. 
It cost Jesus his life. It cost him everything that he had to give in order for you to obtain this eternal inheritance that he's given to you. Not only that, before you were born, he knew you. The scripture says here that you were predestined, that God chose you before the foundations of the earth to obtain this inheritance. This is a special inheritance. Most of you know my story. I lost my physical inheritance of a grand, it's, it's now, what, 115-year-old home that was carved out of native timbers, one of the, the luxury households of the district which my father lost in the 87 crash along with our farm. I know what it's like to lose an inheritance. And Naboth is telling us today that this is the message he's bringing to us. He's saying that when you receive your inheritance in Christ as a son and a daughter and you have a new identity, there's a thing called identity theft. Have you heard about it? Where people assume someone else's identity online and they will steal from you. Last year, someone assumed my identity. They stole $8,000 out of my account through electronic fraud. Praise God, it all got recovered. Amen. And the guy got caught and the guy went to jail. Praise the Lord. But that doesn't mean the enemy won't have a go. He will have a go at you because that's his nature. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so for you, in order not to be stolen from, have to assume a posture and a stance of your heart that says, devil, you ain't getting my garden. You're not going to come wandering in here with your big shoes on and start stamping around and intimidating me and get me to sell out. I'm sorry, devil, not for sale today. In the name of Jesus. Can you say that with me? Not for sale today. You know, not only has Jesus obtained this inheritance for us, but you know what else he's done? He's given us an engagement ring. Because a few verses later, this is what it says. Ephesians 1.13. In him, Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, listen to this, Having believed what happens next, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The old King James Version used to say the earnest of your inheritance. It literally means down payment or engagement ring. So when you got saved, you received this eternal inheritance that Jesus gave to you. And he said, as part of my commitment to you, I'm now, until the full purchase redemption, until you're in glory with me, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring, and he will be with you wherever you go in the name of Jesus. So he's saying, I'm giving you the equipment to defend this inheritance, to advance the cause of Christ in the world, and he, the comforter, will be with you, and he will stay with you forever and ever, world without end. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus today. This inheritance is so special for us. It gives us access into the very throne room of God. Once upon a time, there were only designated people that could ever approach the throne room of God. 
Now through the blood of Jesus, the priesthood of all believers, anyone who receives Christ now has a passport into the presence of God. You can come day or night, any time of your existence, you can come into the very presence of God because Jesus has given you a passport and he's made you a priest and he's made you a king. That means that you have royal authority in your life which means that you don't have to get kicked around. It means you don't have to be put up with being stomped upon. It means that you can stand up like Naboth and you can say, you ain't getting my garden, devil, because today is the day that you've, you've picked the wrong person today, devil. You've picked the wrong person today, devil, in the name of Jesus. So I want to give us three quick things. There's many things I could say to this and speak to this. But the first thing, to hold on to your garden today, you're going to have to stir up the Spirit of God, the gift of God who is within you. You know, it's very possible to be a believer and to be a passive believer. Did you know that? What's a passive believer look like? You don't engage with the Lord. You don't engage with him in worship. You don't engage with him in prayer. You're not engaging with him in the word. And you're certainly not engaging your community by sharing the gospel. That's what a passive believer is. And that's the devil's agenda for your life. And there's an antidote to that. And that antidote is to stir up. Don't ask God to do it. He said, you do it. He said, Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, I, I, you have this genuine faith which was passed from your grandmother down to your mother, and now it's in you. This is your spiritual inheritance. But don't just think that you're going to have it forever, that it can't be robbed from you. I want you to stir up the gift of God that is within you, and I want you to begin to get on the offense and not be on the defense and on the ropes all the time to take it to the devil. And by doing that, you're going to stir up God's gift within you. I always remember Smith Wigglesworth, the very famous preacher of the last century. He said, if the Spirit of God is not stirring me up, I'll stir up the Spirit of God. It sounds arrogant, doesn't it? But it's in alignment with what Paul wrote to Timothy. You stir up the gift of God. Who's the gift of God? The Holy Spirit. In other words, activate, participate, be aware in the moment. So many lost opportunities in our lives because we're not aware of the moment that God has placed us in, the opportunities that are right in front of us to minister His grace. So the devil's a thief, and he wants to take this inheritance from us. Well, devil, you ain't getting my garden today. Secondly, to hold on to your garden today, you're going to need a different spirit. Everybody say a different spirit. Different spirit. You're going to need a spirit of faith. You know how a spirit of faith operates? When everything is going upside down in your world, you're still prepared to put your best foot forward and speak to those mountains and speak to those obstacles to hold your ground and to not give up or give in. That's what a spirit of faith will do. It A different spirit means that you're not going to just lay down like the other people may lay down, but you're going to rise up with a spirit of faith and you're going to speak to those mountains. You're going to hold what Paul said, the shield of faith. He said, faith's like a shield. We all get fiery darts aimed at us, all of us. And they can be very poisonous. But when you carry a different spirit, it becomes like a shield, Paul said, that's able to quench 
every fiery dart of the devil. You stop believing, you start doubting, you lower that shield, suddenly, ooh, ooh, ooh. Suddenly, poisonous darts are sinking into your bloodstream. Suddenly, you're getting envious or bitter or, or twisted within because you've lowered your shield of faith. You've stopped believing God. You've stopped putting your trust in God for your daily affairs. And then you start whinging and whining and start moaning. And then suddenly you're serving up tea for one at a pity party. <laughs> Come on, who's been there? I've been there. I've, had, I've served myself up with lots of pity parties over the years. Jesus never attends pity parties. He says, let's have a praise party, not a pity party. Let's have a praise party. Start to thank me, James, for all the things I've done in your life. Start to bring glory to my name for how I saved you, how I pulled you out of that wretched pit. Start to give me praise and give me glory. Let's have a praise party, not a pity party in the name of Jesus. So where do we get this different spirit from in Scripture? Numbers 14, 24. But, I love that. The buts of the Bible are incredible. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, what is it characterized by? Because he's followed me fully. Did you listen to the prophetic words this morning? Because he's followed me fully. I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. You see, Caleb was one of the 12 tribal leaders that was chosen by Moses to go and spy out the land of Canaan. It was touted as a land of milk and honey. It was touted as something that was so far above what they were experiencing, especially when they're walking around the Sinai Desert in circles. Amen. Anything's got to be better than that. You know that the topographers, they actually say that the place on earth that resembles the moon and the surface of the moon most is the Sinai Desert. So they've been walking around for 40 years in circles. And, uh, and now it's time to cross the Jordan and enter the promised land. So Moses sends in 12 spies. And 10 of them, the Bible says, came back with an evil report or a bad report. And they came back and they said, indeed it is as the Lord said. The, the, the uh, grapes are like apples. And they actually took one cluster and they had to put one cluster of grapes on a pole to carry it back to give evidence of how good it was in the land of Canaan. Whew, I'd like some grapes like that. Might be able to fit one or two in the fridge. That'd be absolutely awesome. So they come back, but then they have a negative report and they say, but there's giants in the land, and we are as but grasshoppers in their sight. You see, they'd focused on themselves and their weaknesses instead of understanding that with a spirit of faith, everything is possible to them who believe. Amen? 
and they come into a position where doubt had robbed them of the conviction of God's promises. And this is how doubt works. It enters your, your spiritual bloodstream and it begins to rob you of the ability to believe God's promises and soon you feel deflated. Soon you feel flat. Soon you start to question your salvation and whether God is really real or not. This is how the devil works. It's his master plan. And so he's working here. Now, here's the problem. Because Joshua and Caleb, they had a different spirit. And they wouldn't bow to that bad report. They would not bow to doubt. They would not bow to anything that would rob them of what God had promised. And so the problem with a negative report, and you can see this in the history of the church. The problem with a negative report is that it infects the body. It's, it's like a virus. High community transmission going on here. As the 10 spies brought back this bad report, do you know what actually happened? Hundreds of thousands of people began to cry and weep in fear. One negative report. Because they didn't have a different spirit. And only two of those who entered the wilderness from Egypt over the age of 20, Caleb and Joshua, entered the promised land. The Bible says the rest of their bodies fell in the desert. Why? Because they didn't have a different spirit. Because they bowed to the pressure of the demonic realm and the intimidation. And they stopped believing God. I tell you what, a different spirit is a spirit of faith. Faith is a spirit. And when you have faith in your heart, you can believe God for extraordinary things within your life that will move you forward and thrust you forward into the purposes of God. Hallelujah. Caleb says this to all those that were infected with this evil report. In verse 30 of Numbers 13, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Settle down, everybody. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. He says, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. You are well able to overcome every circumstance and situation that is coming on your radar screen right now because the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, lives inside of you. And when he roars, I want to tell you, the demonic realm flees in fear at the name of Jesus Christ. I've seen it happen many times in deliverance sessions over the years. Demons fleeing the, the look of terror in the eyes of those who are receiving ministry. As the name of Jesus is spoken and demons flee in terror at the power of that name. You have the upper hand today. You are on the winning team today. I want you to know that. Do not bow. Devil, you ain't getting my garden. I put my foot down today. You're not going to get my garden today because this is my spiritual inheritance and you're not going to get it or get your hands on it in the name of Jesus. Lastly, this morning, number three. To hold on to your inheritance, you need to find a place of inner strength in your garden. You know, it all started in the garden. The fleshly life started in the Garden of Eden, but the spiritual life took place in another garden called Gethsemane. And Gethsemane, I've been to the Garden of Gethsemane, 
And as you stand in the Garden of Gethsemane and you just take a glance up across the valley, as you look up, there's the old walls of the, uh, the old Jerusalem, the giant walls of the city. And uh, right where Gethsemane is, as you look up, you would literally be looking at where the old Temple of Solomon is, right on that wall, which is now where the Dome of the Rock is, the most contended piece of real estate in the world. And Jesus found solace, strength, input, personal growth in the Garden of Gethsemane. He found the place of inner strength as he would bow the knee to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was the place in his most pressurized moment in his life as he faced the impending will of God of going to the cross of horrific suffering and eventual death, which Jesus knew was in the will of God for him. He needed the strength of his Father to face and walk those steps in the will of God. So he went down to the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, could you pray with me? And all of his disciples fell asleep. He had to wake them up twice before they came and arrested him. And one of the statements that Jesus made in the garden was this. He said, the spirit is always willing, but the flesh is weak. And I want you to take note of that today because you can find inner spiritual strength in your garden where is your garden? Do you have a garden? Do you have a place where you're, you, you put aside a time and a, and a place in your schedule where you find the inner strength of waiting on God in your garden? Because if we lose that within our life and we lose connection, you want to see a household run? Turn off the Wi-Fi in a household and everyone's on their devices. Oh, I can't get on the internet. And they come running. <laughs> because you got disconnected. May we, as we feel that disconnection in the Spirit creeping up on us, take a stand and say, Devil, you ain't getting my garden. You're not going to disconnect me from the Son because the Son has given me access to the Father. And whatever the Father does, that's what I want to do within my life. So I'm going to guard my connection with the Father. I'm going to guard my private times. I'm going to guard my personal times. I'm going to set up a spiritual altar. It may be walking the streets. It may be in a closet. It may be in an office. It may be, it may be commuting in a vehicle, but it's a place where you consistently find your garden and gain a place of inner strength with Jesus Christ. Do not let it go, church. Guard it with all of your life. It is your spiritual filling station that Jesus has called all of us to that place. You know, often when I'm feeling least like having a time of prayer, that's when I'll go in hard and I'll say, devil, I'm going to the source because the source is able to defeat you any time of the day or not. I'm not stupid with the devil. I've seen ministries mouth off at the devil. I've seen ministries try and mock the devil. They're no longer in ministry anymore. Because on my own, the devil has much more power than I do. But when I'm in Christ, when I'm walking in the armor of God, when I'm being led by the Spirit, a mark of sonship, when I'm pressing into the Word, 
when I've found my garden and I'm able to draw upon the inner strength of the Lord, then guess what happens? You go from being intimidated to being the intimidator. You go from the one that's on the ropes to the one that's coming out fighting. And you better watch out, devil, because I've got an uppercut. I've got a right cross and I'm ready to throw it. And you better watch out because greater is he that's in me, devil, than you that's in the world. You are defeated. You got defeated 2,000 years ago. And having done all, we will stand and we will guard our garden with all that is within us. Oh, Holy Spirit. Just a moment, I'm going to ask us to stand and I'm going to ask you to take a stance a stance physically maybe but definitely a stance spiritually and in that stance your body language your inner person the inner man that Christ has placed within you did you know that there's I mentioned this the other week there's no such thing as junior Holy Spirit and senior Holy Spirit you know, it's the same spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. That's what the scripture says. Therefore, we have access to the same level and degree of power today. So as you stand, I want you to take an aggressive stance today. And as you're standing, you say, devil, you ain't getting my garden. I'm not giving in, I'm not rolling over, I'm not surrendering one inch of territory to you. Jesus has given me this inheritance. It's mine, it belongs to me. He predestined it, he foreordained it. You ain't taking it off me, it belongs to me. So in the name of Jesus, get lost. So if that's how you're feeling today, and if it's not how you're feeling, then make it happen. That's what's stirring up the gifts the gift within us means. It means when you least feel like worshiping, when you least feel like praising, that's the time to engage and get it on with God this morning. So church, if that's you this morning, would you raise and stand to your feet and we're going to make a declaration today, devil, you ain't getting my garden. And then we're going to pray. And I want you to take a moment to pray this morning. And I'm going to be praying for you, with you. And there may be some this morning that uh, you need, you know, this is why the Bible says that we need one another. It says, pray for one another, bless one another. And this morning you may say, well, I, I, I'm with you, Pastor James, but man, I would love to have somebody lay a hand on my shoulder and pray for me and pray me through my challenges and pray me into the destiny of God. And so if that's you, when we begin to pray, I want you to come forward and we would love to join with you and pray for you and bless you and encourage you. You know, the Bible says that through the laying on of the hands, there's an impartation that takes place of the Holy Spirit. So believe God for an impartation today in the precious name of Jesus. All right, all together, you don't need to have a copy of these words. All right, I want us in one accord on the count of three to say, devil, you ain't getting my garden. And then I want you to reach out and begin to pray. And as at that point in time, if you want some prayer from us, then please come up. We would love to join with you in prayer this morning. You know, if you can be transparent and honest uh, before the throne of God, you will get what you need today in the name of Jesus. You know, pretense is, pretense is not allowed in this house. We tell it the way it is. That's the, that's the mark of being a truth teller, you know. 
So, you know, don't faith it up, so to speak, you know, and lather it up, so to speak. If you're struggling with something, man, come and get what you need this morning in the name of Jesus today. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. Devil, you ain't getting my garden. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, Jesus.